your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to a special crossover episode of the Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Coyotes. I am your host of Locked On Avalanche, Chris Maselli, and host of Locked On Coyotes, Robin Leano is here as well. Robin, what's going on? Uh, not much. Just living the Arizona life right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to be, for, for me, this is the first divisional crossover. Uh, you've done one or a couple so far? I've just done one. Uh, okay. Those, yeah, didn't, it was, uh, I had my crossover earlier this week with uh, Locked on Wild. Check that one out. Yeah. Uh, it's good content. I'm All excited right. to do and these crossovers. They're awesome. And and uh, I'll be doing more of those in, in the coming days, obviously. But um, I for, for me, it's for the first one, it's great to have like the newbie, not you, uh, but the newbie in the division for the Arizona coyotes um so how we're gonna break this thing down is we'll we'll do one segment uh talking about arizona the next segment talking about the avalanche and then expectations and what we can expect for the season from both of these guys so sound like a plan sounds fantastic let's do it uh for me how you know I normally do first things first, which is just follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find Lockdown Coyotes on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. Again, you can interact with us and uh, ask us any questions. We can answer them back or even on a future episode of our podcast. Absolutely. So... Uh, we'll start off with Arizona and I think the, the first thing before we even get into, you know, specific players is kind of the more recent news with Arizona is, are they going to be Arizona in the coming years? What do you think? First of all, did this surprise you? And second of all, where do they go from here? So yes and no on the surprise. Um, I think we all knew it was, it was coming. We all knew the quote relationship with uh, uh the Arizona Coyotes and the city of Glendale was poor and they're eventually going to break off I didn't expect it to be you know just recently I didn't expect the city of Glendale to be the one pulling the plug mm-hmm. um but it, it does it does leave a lot of questions in the future uh it's like they won't have a home uh, after next year uh, obviously there are some temporary solutions in place um but they want to look long term and um, as of uh, you know the day we're recording this on uh, on Thursday, the uh, the deadline has passed for a request for proposal for the city of Tempe for a potential new arena, and only one submission from the Arizona Coyotes. That's hmm. promising. Okay. And why? What, what's the reasoning? Like, I mean, you you're there, so you said it's not too much of a surprise. But from people on the outside, like myself, like I didn't think that like what is the reasoning behind it why don't they want them there anymore so there were a lot of reports in the past of the coyotes being behind on their rent payments for the lease that's Mm. one uh two there was a lot of saying a a lot of uh chatter of uh just this new owner alex morello kind of 
to put it lightly, essentially giving the city of Glendale the finger. Uh, he, That's not good. <laughs> yeah, he pissed him off in a way. He pissed him right. off in a way that, that they did not like. And obviously with the relationship already not great as it is, they're just like, yeah, we're going to pull the plug here, especially them knowing that the Coyotes were pursuing potential place in Tempe in the future. Okay. So uh, th- they're likely moving, but you don't think they're moving out of the state? No, they're definitely not going to move out of the state. Okay. I said this on uh, Twitter. I think the day it happened, the day the city of Glendale pulled the plug, I said, I wanted to make this clear. As long as Gary Bettman is commissioner of the National Hockey League, the Arizona Coyotes will not be leaving the state of Arizona. I want to okay. make that very clear. Okay. All right. Um, and, and I think that's because they do have a lot of fans. It's just not on yeah. the side of the valley they're on, which right, right. if you ever if you've ever been down here in the Phoenix area, going from the east side to the west side is brutal. No one likes it. <laughs> uh, which I I hope they do. I don't like when teams relocate, and you know, in any sport, I don't like it because you know, being you know fans like we are. I mean, when it boils down to it, we're all fans. Uh, there's so many people let down when stuff like that happens. So. Uh, I, I, it's good to know because all I'm hearing is, is, uh, Portland. Like, I don't know why I keep hearing Portland. Like does hockey want, exist in, in Portland? I don't know if it could probably. They have a junior team up there, but do they? Okay. But, uh, th- that's, I just keep hearing that the relocating, it's going to be in, in Portland. So I'm happy that you're saying that's likely not going to happen. So yeah, that's a plus. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, things could you know sure <laughs> to hit the fan anything can happen right anything can happen but uh like i said it's very unlikely in uh in, in all cases and uh especially with like i said with uh, the coyotes being the only one looking for that arena in tempe yeah all right well that's good news we started off with some good news uh what about the rest of it so how was how would you say the off season for the coyotes went because personally it seemed like it, it's weird. Like it seemed like they were an active team, but they were just giving everything up. And it's almost like every time I woke up in the morning and I just, you know, picked up my phone, there was a notification that the Coyotes had done something. Yeah. So how would you rate their off season overall? Um, it's weird because those who ask me, uh, and a lot of people, and I, and a lot of people will agree with me on this, and people outside of the Coyotes will probably question it. But I'm giving. Bill Armstrong an A on this offseason. Yeah. Um, because yeah. and here's the and here's the reason. Because everyone everyone is looking at, you know, the kind of offseason they should have. And that's more of are they gonna be a cup contending team? Are they gonna be a playoff team? They knew from the start that this was gonna be a team that looking for a fresh start, a team that was gonna be rebuilding, right? And they did every, they checked every single box of what a rebuilding team should do to kind of get the value, as much value as they can back. And my God, did they get as much? They did, they get a lot of value. Look at that. They have what, seven draft picks in the first two rounds next year? Like, (laughs) I was going to bring that up to you. Like, I I just brought up their, uh, their cat friendly page. You know, at the top of that, they have the, the, the next three draft years. And it's just like, wow. Uh, two in the first round, five in the second round. Do they hang on to all those? I mean, that's a lot of bargaining power and trade power with uh, with draft picks. What do they do with all that? Well, one of the things is this, those second rounders that all next year, they're not going to keep all of those. That's um, a lot. Those are trade. <laughs> th- th- those are uh, trade prospect picks. 
that you can easily just be like, hey, I can package this. Like I could pack, how about this? I'll package two of my first rounders plus this, and you give me a first rounder. And then yeah. they get an extra third and another first rounder. They already have two. But because as we all know, like as what I've been talking about, next year's draft is strong. And they were trying, and they want to try to get as many early picks as they can. They'll, they'll do it. Yeah, they seem to be in good shape in that. And then you know we're talking about the draft and draft. Pick. How is their their prospect pool? Is it is it deep or do they have some good guys down there? It started off being okay. I mean the uh, the from the last few years, there's a lot of hype. There's been a lot of hype about Barrett Hayden, a lot of hype about Victor Soderstrom. Those who are drafted in the last couple of years. I've yet to see them. I've yet to see enough from them. They've been playing in Tucson the last year, and obviously it was a shorter year in Tucson, so it's hard to really tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited for what to see this upcoming year because they have um, just in general prospects. Because they got Dylan Gunter signed to a contract for, who was he drafted ninth overall from uh, one of their trades that they did earlier mm-hmm. this offseason. <laughs> uh, plus, they I, I'm. A, Everyone in Arizona is going to be excited because uh, son of Shane Doan, Josh Doan, drafted 37th overall, I believe, in the second round. He's going to be playing at ASU next year. Oh, wow. So, okay. Oh, homegrown. <laughs> he's yeah. locally so people can watch him play. That's, that's awesome. That's the way to do it. Um, but it's, it's an exciting. It's going to take a few years for these guys, a lot of these guys to come up. But I think that's what they want. They don't want these guys to come up right away. They want these guys to season as much as best they can and be ready for when they are going to emerge from the rebuild. Right. So it seems like they're, you know, you, you, everybody hates the word rebuild. It's a dreaded word, but there's a way to do it that keeps the fan base uh, happy, excited. It seems like they're doing that. Yeah, it def- yeah, they're right, they're definitely good. doing that again with the with especially with the drafting of Josh Jones. They drafted some overagers in this last draft, which which had everyone scratching their head. And my response to that is, they lost a lot of guys in Tucson. They need to restock the Tucson pool so mm-hmm. they can bring up guys when they can. Um, and that's how they need. And that's how it's done. Because obviously, if you're 19 playing in the or 18, 19 playing in the Canadian Hockey League up yeah. uh, for, for the juniors, you cannot come to the AHL just there's right can't do that so right all right um and then i think the big question with arizona is the goalie situation right i mean um well we made a deal arizona and 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 the avalanche made a deal obviously which we'll talk about but um that kind of left them with uh some some younger guys right well no they got they do have carter hutton is he is he involved as, I mean, he's either starter right now or or no. Like, what's the situation going on with their goalies? It, it very much seems like Carter Hutton's going to be the starter. Um, with Yosef Kajanash has the backup, at least what it shows right now. Um, I saw him cat friendly, but they have a guy in the uh, in the minors in the in Tucson in um, uh, Ivan Prosvatov, uh, who's got a lot of potential. I talked with Cat Silverman about Ivan, and she's. Hot, really super high on him that he's eventually going to be the future of the Coyotes. So mm-hmm. um, that's hope. Obviously, I don't think Ivan's going to play. Maybe he might get called up a couple times this next okay. upcoming season, but this is probably going to be the two that we're going to see. And then who's their 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 big their big names? Obviously, um, Kessel is there. You know, he's still hanging around. Obviously, right? Um, they have for, some good now, names on this for now. Um, do you think you know? obviously we'll see how the season goes and 
They have picks and they have some assets. They still have some guys left. One of my favorite players in the league that's not an avalanche, and I was really hoping they trade for him, is Shane Gossespierre. Uh, there's a reason for it. Like he he he's he played for the college team uh, where my hometown is. Um, so it's just I followed him, and I was so jealous when you guys got him. So and then you got Connor Timmons from us. So there's two defenders, and there were there, Avalanche were high on Timmons. So uh, I think he's going to get a lot more playing time in Arizona. Tell me about kind of like your your cream of the crop players that you're going to lean on this year. Well, I think the uh, the first thing is the uh, the future fra- face of the franchise and the untouchable is what the everyone in the Coyotes circles is saying is Jacob Chikrin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's easily probably one of the top hundred players in the NHL right now, and he's 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 a future superstar. He's only twenty three. And he was getting Norris Trophy votes, like I think a decent a decent amount of Norris Did Trophy he? votes yeah. out there. Um, not first place Norris Trophy votes, but still Norris Trophy votes hey, nonetheless. You're in there, so what? And yeah. At that age, at, I was t- we were talking about this with the uh, uh, a guest that I had from Five for Howling, and he, he was like, "Defensemen take longer to develop, and for him to be this good right now is spells a lot of good news for the future of the Coyotes." Hey, if they got him, um, and if Timmons can produce like the way that the Avalanche thought they would, and and Gossip Spear is no joke. So I mean, on the blue line, you guys are doing okay at least. So that's a that's a positive. So yeah, yeah, I, that, that, yeah. I was really hoping. Um, a, a lot of guys are reaching out to me as the offseason was going. They're like, "What is what's the thing the Coyotes need the most? We're going to need defensemen because I know we're going to lose half our defensemen." And I mean, they didn't disappoint. Bringing in Gossip Spear and Timmons was were huge. And right, right, I'm excited good. for that. All right, <clears throat> all right. Well, we'll get to in the last segment, kind of expectations, maybe some predictions or something like that. But um, we're going to hear from a couple sponsors right now, and then we'll get into some Avalanche talk. Uh, first, we have BetOnline.ag, and it is that time of year again. And, it, and if you're watching on. Uh, YouTube behind Robin, I see a San Francisco 49ers banner there. So that, that that that's not just because you wanted to hang something up. I'm assuming you're a fan of the 49ers, correct? Very much so, yeah. All right. So uh yeah, football season is upon us. So head on over to Bet Online and uh, get your account going and get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollars. NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online, and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to twenty five dollars. It's for new customers only when signing up, and you use the promo code NFL one hundred. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball boxing, of course, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And when you sign up, you can also receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. Also brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together. And we want to tell you about a simple way to get all, all of the entertainment that you love 
Without the hassle, it's DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part is there is no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. And you can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that website is directtv.com. All right. Uh, we'll flip the scripts right now and, uh, you know, fire away. We can kind of dive into some avalanche talk, which I am always happy to do. So what's on your mind? I mean, I, I guess first, first thing for me is just seeing how strong this team is. What, is there anything that changed from, uh, from from this team? Obviously your top three is the same mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're yeah. terrifyingly good but right anything else that we should really like that coyotes fans should watch out for so the the big cha- yeah there was a lot of changes for the avalanche in the offseason and mainly in their depth uh yes when you think of the avalanche you're gonna think of uh their top three really their top four i mean their their top line and camel car so you're gonna think of uh mckinnon rantanen landis Gog, and mccart those guys doesn't matter who's on the team. We'll carry a team and they'll be in the thick of it no matter what. Uh, they, for, It's odd. It, last year was a great team. They had a really, really good team. And, you know, everything was going in the most perfect direction you could think of when the playoffs started. Uh, a sweep of St. Louis. You win the first two against Vegas. And then it's just like they fell off a cliff. And, you know, the Nazem Kadri suspension didn't help anything, uh, but it does seem like a lost opportunity to not have at least made the Stanley Cup final last year. So there's a there was a lot of changes in the depth department. I don't think they're as deep as they were, uh, but they are going to they still have good depth players, but they're going to rely more on some of their youngsters for for this season. And I think it was it's time they they've. They've stockpiled so many prospects and it's time for some of these guys to make the next step and uh, they're, they're putting them right into the fire right away. So yeah, there was a lot of moves made uh, on the back end, but yeah, you still have to deal with the, the front end, which is not going to be fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, their, their cat friendly page. And this looks like to be one of the younger teams in, <laughs> in the NHL now, um, which is, you know, obviously so some people might be a question, but at the same time, like with the, with the strength, I mean, I could take yeah. it, right. Yeah. The, and, and that the trade deadline last year, they brought back some familiar faces in uh, Patrick Nemeth and Carl Soderberg, I think to get some, veteran well not not that the guys like you know mckinnon and stuff like believe it or not they're veterans they've been in the league for you know seven eight nine years which is crazy but to get some of those guys like in their 30s that are playoff seasoned and it didn't pan out and it was a little bit odd that they went that route uh because they they are they're priding themselves on having a very young team um so they did go i'm trying to think uh well even in, in devin dubnik they traded for him at the trade deadline too. And he's, you know, in his young thirties. So, um, uh, I don't know. Let me bring up their cat friendly too, but I, I can't, I don't know if there's any, like what's the, their oldest guy right now. Eric Johnson's one of them. Um, they got rid of 
Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who was 36, going on 37. And I think that's the reason they got rid of him. He was he was doing very well for them. And he would have been on the cheap. He would have been only a, a million, $2 million player. But I think because they were concerned about his age. Um, and then you never know. And guys are getting, you know, pushing 40. Um from one season to the next production can drop off a cliff. And I think they were worried about that with someone like Belmar. So they got rid of him and they brought Darren Helm. That's who I'm thinking of um, from Detroit. He's kind of like their elder statesman right now at 34 years old. <laughs> There's not many guys in their thirties. Him. Uh, well, Kemper, Kemper's 31, which surprises me. I, I, I just, he just looks younger. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, that's one of the other things I was going to ask about because uh, you know, you, Mentioned that uh, Coyotes got Timmons, and the part mm-hmm. of that trade was Coyotes sending over Darcy Kemper, which obviously we sent over now. But both our goalies to different teams, right? Um, and now you guys got Kemper, who <laughs> if you'd ask anybody else in probably the Central Division, they're terrified of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I that's good. That, what's, your, what's, what's your yeah? What's your hope for him? Like, so. Um... The, the Kemper thing was, uh, and, and I've said this before many times, but like that day, that first day of, of free agency was such a roller coaster ride for the Avalanche um, because they signed Landis Gog and then they lost Grubauer um, within a matter of hours of those two things happening. So then, yeah, they needed to make a move. They needed a goalie. Like the, as good as they are, they're not going to play the game of, well, let's just get. Uh, middle of the road goalie and, and we'll just outscore everybody. They weren't going to do that. They're not going to put that much pressure on the forwards to to win every single game. So they had to make a move fast. And everything I was hearing, like, you know, Kemper was a hot commodity. I think a lot of teams wanted him. So the Avalanche were going to have to put up and, you know, it was a first round pick and one of their up and coming defensemen, but they have so many defensemen now and uh in in their prospect pool so he they you know fans loved him i know the team loved him but um they had to go get a goalie and i think they got a a, a really good one in Kemper. they they you know they saw what he did to the avalanche even though the coyotes lost that series in the bubble um he played great Kemper played great in that series so i think they're more than happy to welcome him in and, you know, say like, hey, like you've been on some pretty rough teams the past couple of years. Uh, here's a good team and, you know, see what you can do on that when you have a really good defense in front of you. So uh, I think fans are super excited to see what he can do uh, this year for the Avs. No doubt about it. So was your initial reaction that that it was an overall good trade for for that? Because I thought a lot of people had different thoughts about it. Uh, I think. You, you can't get hung up on what they had to give up. And I know that's tough to say on a trade, um, but you really can't. You have to think about what, I mean, what you're getting, you're getting a starting goalie who's going to play the majority of the games. And what you gave up is a third pairing defenseman um, who has a lot of promise, but for this year, it was not going to, you know, make waves. And then the number one overall, or not, not number one overall pick. Yeah, that would have sucked if it was number one overall <laughs> pick. Uh, the the uh, first round pick. If you do what you're supposed to do, that's a late first round pick. It's a number thirty one or thirty two pick, and, and that's okay. So yeah, I mean, you always like having number one picks, uh, but if they don't have one, they don't have one. But 
never count out Joe Sackick to make some moves to go find a number one pick somewhere because he's brilliant at stuff like that. <laughs> Trying to see what else, what else I have. Um, well, I, I mean, I mentioned because uh, uh, t- I love talking about Camel Car. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he he is. Uh, he's something to watch. I, I don't know how, how often you get to watch, uh, avalanche games, but, um, people always say, you know, Nathan McKinnon jumps off the screen. Like if, if you, if you're just a uh, casual hockey fan, um, and you just happen to catch a game here and there and you watch an avalanche game, you're going to be like, who's that guy darting back and forth. And that's usually Nathan McKinnon. Kale McCarr is in that field. He just, the game looks so effortless to him and I'm, and I hate it because like, you know, hockey should be, is, is not an easy sport to play. And when guys like him can make it seem so easy and, uh, he's, I think he's 22 as well. So like you're saying like, and he's a defenseman, like we were just saying with your guy, like it, it's, they should not be this good this early. Uh, but he is, and you know, he's another guy that, you know, th- this, this division has some good young defensemen. Um, and he's one of them, man. Like he, he's, he is so fascinating to watch. I remember when um, I, I think I remember it was like his first year. I think he got, he got called up. I think it was like just for the playoffs. And I was well, like, yeah. yeah. Like, Who is this guy? <laughs> he, 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 his college career was over. He was playing in the frozen four and his team lost, so as soon as that was done, the Avalanche brought him in, and it was game—I think it was game three against Calgary. Um, and like his first game, I think maybe it was even his first shift, he scored a goal. <laughs> it was like you can't start off any better, career any better. And since then, he's just been like ascending. He, he's, and they signed him. They got him signed uh, in the off season. He was a restricted free agent, so they got him uh, for the next six years. So. They have their core locked up for a good amount of years, so uh, good things, good things to come for Avs fans. Yeah. Hey, we're seeing we're we're seeing uh, the uh, the story of two different teams on this podcast <laughs> right now. One that's rebuilding, and one that's got their core set. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let's talk about that then. Let's uh, let's hear from a couple ads, and then we'll talk about some expectations. All right. Uh, so let's hear from Rock Auto. And uh, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain parts store to carry all the parts that you need. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. And why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now Use uh, or and see all the parts available. There we go for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. And finally brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And they have so many flavors to choose from. And everybody that is a Built Bar fan has their own favorite. And you can pick yours between flavors like German chocolate, strawberry, salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie, 
Do you got a favorite, Robin? Or out of the out, out of the reg- regular ones, cookies yeah. and cream, man. That is that's a good one. Oh man. <laughs> And then uh, some of the some of their limited time flavors are delicious too. So oh yeah. Um, so if you haven't tried them, you can get a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy. They have seventeen to eighteen grams of protein. Calories range from one hundred thirty to one hundred eighty. Only four to five grams of sugar. Only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And you can go to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 where you'll get 15% off of your order. And once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 and you get 15% off at built.com. Okay. So, like you said, two teams you would think are heading in different directions, um, but you always got to be weary of, of those like upstart teams. Um, and a couple years ago, the avalanche struggled mightily with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, they just couldn't beat them. This was the COVID shortened season. Right. Um, and the Kings actually ended the year kind of on an upstreak. And, um, you know, they, they're starting to progress. Or they're, they're one of those teams that you, they could beat you on any given night. That's hockey anyway. Uh, can the Coyotes be that team? Are they going to be? Yeah, they're not going to be. I, well, I'll throw. I mean, you tell me. Are they going to be competitive? Uh, you know, for a playoff spot, can they get that far? Are they just going to be competitive at all? I mean, I'll be quite honest. I think this upcoming season is a season that essentially they won't admit it, but everyone everyone knows this is going to be the case. This is going to be a team that's trying to lose. A team oh that God! Wants they- to get the first overall pick uh, wants to, <laughs> that wants to get Shane Wright because they know the kind, the kind of difference that he will make for their franchise. Mm. That's the kind of that. So yeah, they'll probably pick up a game because if you don't want to throw every game, because then, then that these two need to put butts in seats. They want to create an interesting product, but they're still going to be losing a lot of games. Okay. I mean, that would be, that'd be something else. Cause if they'd have the number one overall pick, uh, if my boys, you know, pull up, pull it off and win the entire thing, they would have the last pick in the first round. So they have the first pick, the last pick, uh, you know, package some of those second round picks together, so get somewhere in the teens. That's a perfect first round. That would be oh, yeah. awesome for. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know for, for Colorado. I think it would have to be it, it, it's it's Stanley Cup or bust. And, you know, no more of this losing in the second round. That's gotten old. If it happens again, the fan base is going to be calling for everybody's heads. So uh, it, it needs to happen this year. I looked up the schedule between these two. It's odd. Like they don't they don't play until January, the middle of January. Um, and it's a back to back. Interesting. Um, yeah. So January 14th and 15th. Uh, it's a Friday and Saturday. The first game is in Colorado. The second game is in Arizona. And then the third time they play is the last game before the Olympic break, which is February 1st. So that's uh, that that I don't know if that I mean, is that the last 
day for everybody. I don't know if Arizona plays past that. Maybe if Arizona plays on the third. I don't know when the break officially starts. But for the Avalanche, that's their last game uh, for right. the for before the break. And then they play their last game against each other in March, which is March 3rd. So about a month later than that. So, so pretty close together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Is it going to be... Two and two? Is it going to be one and three? Three and one? What, what do you think this record's going to be for your Coyotes against the Avalanche? I think maybe it'll get, yeah, one game out of it. Just <laughs> I got, again, I'm not very hopeful this team's going to be that good, especially because they're going to, because with how strong the Avalanche is and how I watched them play in the, yeah. in this, uh, in this realigned season last year. And I was like, yeah, uh, even the good, the somewhat decent Coyotes team. Could barely go past it and blowing up as much as they did this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it, it's just, it's just really, really hard for me to say <clears throat> that they, they'll be able to compete with, with the Avalanche. And I don't want to sit here and just like beat my chest and be like, oh, yeah, we were awesome. But because like is that, that's why I love hockey so much. To be totally honest with you, that's why I love hockey. Cause it, it, you know, when, when the worst team in the league beats the best team in the league, nobody really bats an eye at that. Like, oh, well, I mean, Maybe it's a little bit of a surprise, but happens all the time. And it's um, in the NHL. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. For me, I think, you know, I think the, not that, you know, Darcy Kemper got, got along well with Arizona. There's no animosity there, right? Not to my no. knowledge. Not, yeah. not, not Darcy. If a couple other players that got shipped off, yeah, but Darcy yes, Kemper right, right. Up on a good, on a good right. But he's going up against the former team. So I think, uh, I, I think Arizona can nab one because they're playing a back-to-back. So, um, you know, Kemper won't be playing both of those games. And I think they'll they'll win the one that he doesn't play. The other three that he's likely going to be in goal, barring any injury, knock on wood, um, I, I, I would think the Avalanche would take those. So I would say three and one for the Avalanche. That's fair. Yeah. You, you, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I, it's so disheartening. I mean, I don't – I don't like seeing, but there's got to be teams on the bottom. You know what I mean? It just, I mean, it just has to. I mean, the central division is boy, outside of uh, Colorado. Looking at uh, Minnesota might be decent. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Chicago is maybe. Chicago's improved. Up. Chicago's improved. St. Louis, maybe take a step back. Dallas uh, and Nashville are going to be towards yeah, the bottom with us. And yeah. Um, and then Winnipeg, right? Um, it'll be in the middle. I, I think Winnipeg's improved. Uh, they they could surprise some people. So I don't know. It's it's not the the deepest division. It used to be a couple of years ago. Man, this was a solid division, and it still is. But we'll see. What the biggest complaint I'll have, and that's because like this, I, I mentioned this on uh, uh, when I was crossing over with uh, with Seth Topol of Locked On mm-hmm. Wild is because of the uh, time zone change for for the Arizona. Because Arizona doesn't participate in daylight savings time. So at the beginning of the season, the first month of the season, as well as the last month, the last month and a half of the season, they'll be in the Pacific time zone. And That's a good point, man. that yeah. means that some games for the Arizona <clears throat> on a weekday is going to start as early as 4 p.m. That is a good like, point. And I'm just like, I can't. Like, how am I supposed to watch from my work or something? <laughs> I mean, they're clearly not thinking. Like, why are they not thinking of us? I mean, when they make these 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 time slots, man, it's not, it's, it's no good. Jeez. Yeah, that's uh, 
But that, that's that's my thought, especially because yeah, that's I, a good point. I never thought we should have moved to the central division in the first place. Yeah, but. yeah, that, that was odd. That was odd. Uh, that's a good point, though. I didn't even think about that. So we shall see. Uh, you know, Cowboys training camp right on the corner. What's that? Cowboys gonna suck too. Yeah, yeah, and now you're going all over the map again. You know, 82 game season. You're going East Coast, West Coast, Canada. You should see what their uh, beginning of the schedule looks like. It's like Columbus to Pittsburgh to New York to um, and then from there or to Buffalo and then all and then all the way to Anaheim before we're coming home. So, it's so they're like, doing a East Coast East trip Coast. to start the season. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's. I mean, I mean, if that's, you know, you're, you're not like you're saying, you're not expecting much from from them this year. But to start the season on the other side of the country is just, uh, you know, that's not what you wanted to, to have happen. But it's the cards you're dealt, apparently, especially on their uh, on their potential farewell season at Helium. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, good news is we are into September. So, uh, you know, live action hockey is right around the corner. So, um, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up for myself and Robin. So, um, yeah, once again, follow the Avalanche show, Locked on Avalanche, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter. And Robin, where can they find the uh, Coyotes? On Twitter, that would be at LO underscore Coyotes. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll have another crossover at some point in the season. We'll do some checking in. And uh, either way, it's hockey. So enjoy the season. And good luck. I hope uh, the Coyotes can can make some waves. And they will be a team to watch next year in the offseason anyway because they got a lot of assets to move around. So they'll be a fun team. Is there anything I'm excited for more? It's, 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 the, it's just hockey. Number one, hockey's back. And number two, the American Hockey League is going to be fun this year. <laughs> all right that'll do it for us so uh have a good weekend everybody we'll talk to you later go abs go